Hello and welcome to The Marketer's Guide. I'm Samuel Chung. Today I have a very special guest and it's someone I've connected with on LinkedIn and it's, uh, some, it's a conversation I've been looking forward to have and it's with none other than Joseph Lewin. Joseph, welcome to the show. Hey Sam, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Awesome. I've uh, been looking forward to chat with you and maybe for the sake of our audience, could you please share about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, well, I'm Joseph Lewin and I am a director of demand generation for Proofpoint Marketing. Um, and we're a B2B agency that's mostly focusing on um, demand generation for um, B2B service companies, um, you know, like companies that, that have a lot of consultants and it's a comp complex sale, you know, and they're doing highly technical work. Um, that, that's really the sweet spot that we're honing in on. Hmm, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I think we, we also do a lot of B2B kind of work and demand gen really is something that's a, almost like a buzzword nowadays. Now, the one thing that I wanted to ask you and, and the reason why I wanted to have this conversation, obviously is two things. Um, the first is because you are a podcaster and secondly, you've also built quite a following on LinkedIn. Now, before we get into that, I'd just like to hear a bit more of how did you arrive at this place where you are as the director of demand gen at Proofpoint, uh, Proofpoint Marketing. Yeah. Can you share a bit of your kind of career journey? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the word demand gen, I honestly didn't know what it meant like six months ago. And, <laughs> and when I go look at it, I've even looked it up since I got this role and I'm like, do I even know how to define that? And I don't know. It is one of those words where lots of people say, That's say right. different things, but I think the main idea is just you're trying to have marketing that gets people interested in your brand ahead of time. And, and then those people are going to come to you when they're ready, or if they're already in the journey, they're going to have an extra, extra trust with your brand. I mean, so really it's, it's brand marketing for mm. more of the B2B side of things. It's kind of how yeah. I think of it. Um, now you ask somebody else and they might say something different, but mm. compared to lead generation where you're just trying to get as many people to, you know, sign up for a list and then have sales reach out to them. It's kind of uh, a little bit different side of the coin than that. Um, but yeah, I, I have a very non-traditional way of getting to where I'm at. Um, so I, I was homeschooled and um, I had no idea what I wanted to do for work. And so I didn't start college right away. And I actually ended up doing all kinds of stuff. I built uh, my first job. I, I worked at Chick-fil-A when mm. I started it when I was 14. Um, and then I, I built decks for a while. I installed security cameras around the country. I was a chimney sweep for five years and like the oh. dirtiest job ever. That was really my inspiration for becoming a marketer because I <laughs> anything that wasn't <laughs> doing that uh, was, was definitely something that was interesting to me. So it was a lot of manual labor jobs. And then in there, um, I worked for Chick-fil-A and technically again, and it, technically it was called the regional marketing director, but it wasn't quite as exciting as what that sounds like. It was just like, a, uh, you know, you were, we were working to increase like catering. So working, trying to get more events for catering and stuff like that. Um, yep. and then, uh, yeah, I was just basically working all of these manual labor jobs. And I was like, man, this isn't, this isn't going to fly for me long-term. My body's not really made to hold up under that kind of work. Um, and while I was sweeping chimneys, I was driving three hours a day, pretty much to different appointments. And I started listening to 
books. So my, uh, my dad and my brother had accounts on audible and they each had like 150 books. So I probably listened to 300 books and I don't know, a thousand podcasts or something during the time I was sweeping chimneys. And a lot of it was focused on business and, uh, marketing and sales. And so that was probably my college education experience was, Mm. was doing that. Um, and then, yeah, my wife and I, uh, lived in Kenya for a little while, um, for six months. And then we went and traveled around Europe and that kind of launched more of my actual marketing career. Um, so we were working on this project with, um, with kids and we were working on raising funds. And so I ended up being the guy to do photos and videos to, you know, help with the marketing activities. (laughs) And so, you know, I got a camera before we went and then we went and started traveling through Europe at the end of that trip. We went on a backpacking trip and we, uh, we started reaching out to hotels and exchanged photos and videos for their social media for staying. So you were an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> an, an influencer with no followers. <laughs> but That's yeah, interesting. We, we started creating content, um, content for their social media. Mm. And then when we got home, we were kind of like, well, maybe we could start doing this for companies. So then I started an agency. I'm yeah. doing air quotes because it was, you know, if you're a freelancer, you get paid like a freelancer. If you're an agency, you get paid like an agency. That's the only difference really between the <laughs> two. So I had a, you know, an agency working with small businesses to help them create content. Hmm. Um, and then I kind of realized that they had no idea what to do with that content when they got it. So then I started learning more about marketing strategy and interviewing customers. Um, yeah. And that kind of led into me building a portfolio. I did a little bit of everything in marketing for these smaller businesses. So if they needed something, I was like, build a website. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that for sure. You know, you need a, you know, a, a video or you need a membership website and course content. Yeah. I, I can do that for you for sure. So, that's, you know, I just chimney sweep in you talking, like getting your hands dirty <laughs> and doing all, all sorts of dirty work. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was, I would say I was a very like tactical Yes. Very, very tactical, but I wanted to be more on the strategic side. Um, but yeah, that led me into my my previous job where mm. I was working um, in the B2B space for the first time. I started doing that in 2019 as uh, reaching out to engineers, you know, marketing engineers and industrial marketers. Um, and I really honed my writing skills during that time period. Um, and then that really helped me to build the portfolio I have to you know, to get the job I have now. Um, Sorry. And I guess, yeah, go ahead. Just to interrupt you a little bit. So during that time, uh, would you say say that that was when you started building on LinkedIn as well? Yeah. So my LinkedIn journey actually started back when I started that business in 2016. I started posting. Right. Yep. Um, And I actually was pretty consistent. And then in 2019, when I started my new job, I had to learn an entirely new industry. And it was the first real marketing job that I had that wasn't just me working on my own. So I, you know, it was a pretty steep learning curve. So I took a break from LinkedIn, um, really until last year. So I missed out on some of the pandemic, uh, (laughs) boom on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, I started back on last March and that really ended up being the catalyst for me getting my job was getting back on LinkedIn. And awesome. not even realizing it, starting to do a lot of demand gen activities mm. um, between LinkedIn. And then I ended up starting a podcast. Um, and then 
that kind of led to me actually interviewing my new boss on my show. And, um, so I, I was practicing demand gen and ABM marketing through my podcast and, uh, landed me my, my new role. Awesome. And so what was kind of like the moment that you realized that, you know, I'm onto something here, or was there a particular moment that, you know, kind of triggered you to say, look, this LinkedIn thing is working out or like, maybe even share a bit of your podcast journey. Like how did you get um, to start filming? I mean, start recording podcasts. Yeah. So I totally owe my podcasting to the guys at Sweetfish Media, James Carberry mm. first, and then Dan Sanchez. So um, when I got back on LinkedIn, I mean, I've always been a fan of LinkedIn. Um, and I, I built a lot of relationships the more manual way back in the day where I would just reach out to people and say, especially locally and say, Hey, I'm new to the marketing world. Love to sit down and pick your brain for coffee. And I probably met 50 plus people, um, for coffee that way. And, and it was great. Uh, so I'd, I'd seen the value of building relationships on LinkedIn and, um, I just took a break more for time's sake. Um, so then when I got back in, on last year, I already kind of had that mindset of like, okay, if I really commit to this, I'm going to start being able to build relationships. And the goal, to me, the goal of LinkedIn, if you see it as like uh, a way to promote or distribute the stuff that you're already doing, it's really not going to be that effective. And I think that's probably true of all social media. If you see it as a distribution platform, it's probably not going to go very far. But if you see it as a way to build relationships with people, um, in, in your goal is really to, to build relationships, not just with potential customers, you know, that is definitely one piece of it, but even partners, like neither of us are probably ever going to be a client of each other, but I'm going to run across people that would be a good fit for you. And you're going to run across people that would be a good fit for me. And if you have those relationships, then that becomes possible to get referrals. And I think that's probably more of the business that you'll see coming from in the long run from doing, spending time on LinkedIn is going to be on that side. Um, I know I kind of went on a tangent there. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, so yeah, let's talk about relationship. I mean, you know, there's so many definitions, obviously, on what you can do and um, how you can build relationships through LinkedIn. And it's quite a loaded word, isn't it? And what, what really, how do you think about building relationships on LinkedIn? And what does it mean to, I guess build relationships at scale. Yeah. And that, that term building relationships at scale comes straight from my, my new boss, Mike. And, um, and that's really our, our focus at Proofpoint is to help customers build relationships at scale. That's, uh, that's what we're really shooting for. We're not trying to help people get more leads for their sales team. We're trying to help Mm. people build relationships. And, you know, I would think of a relationship as, something that's mutually beneficial where there's a level of trust involved. Um, so we're not talking about, uh, filling an RFQ and, you know, being seen as a vendor and having to drive your prices down to the bottom. You know, it's really the opposite of that saying, no, we're, we're valuable. We bring value. We're Mm. a trusted partner. Um, but we also trust you and we're only going to work with you if that, if there's mutual trust and, and, uh, relationship there. And we're trying to do that. I mean, we are doing that same thing for our customers where we're helping them build those trust relationships up front. Um, and marketing, and especially in the B2B world, if you have 
you know, 10, 15, 20, 50, hundred thousand dollar sales, $200,000 sales. Um, you're probably not going to get that from somebody downloading your ebook once and then converting on a landing page, you know, right. if you're selling a $30 widget or a $97 course. Yes. You kind of need to do that in the funnel model kind of works fairly well for that. Cause you know, you're, it is more transactional, but as soon as you right. get into something that is a complex sale, it, there's so many factors involved and including the career of the person that's bringing you in and the risk that that person is taking by bringing in a vendor and, and the challenges that come with that. So if you're able to build a relationship with that person, then they're going to gravitate towards wanting to work with you over a different vendor. And you know, you, it really gives you a leg up in a complex sale if the champion trusts you and they're coming to you for advice of what questions to ask to your competitor. You know, that really, mm. uh, that really gives you a leg up in, in the sales process. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I guess the end of that is, you know, I, I believe in, in, in our company, we believe that marketing's goal is to build relationships at scale, especially in the B2B space. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, one, one phrase that I came across recently is that, um, you know, marketing's role really is not to promote the business, a product or service as the best, but really it's about positioning your brand, your business as the favorite. And mm. I really like that because it's kind of, you know, having to be, again, not just the top of mind for your customers. It's about how you can position yourself as if I'm thinking about this, this product, or this service, I'm only thinking about, you know, Joseph <laughs> and then and what he does at, uh, at Proofpoint. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Any particular strategies you think like we can start to leverage and build uh, relationships through LinkedIn? Start a podcast. <laughs> it, oh, yeah. You know, there, there's not very many silver bullets in marketing. You know, there's mm. lots of, uh, there's lots of gurus that will promise mm. the silver bullet. And if you just take their course or whatever, and I've taken a lot of courses and, and done a lot of things and there really aren't, you know, it's just a lot of hard work, but if you're in B2B marketing, podcasting is absolutely a silver bullet. It is a it's a cheat code in, in the B2B space. Yeah. And we could dig into that. I, yeah. You know, the, the thing is like, let's, let me play the devil's advocate here. Like the space is crowded. It's getting crowded, you know, B2B podcasting. What am I going to talk about? You know, well, why should I start a podcast? You know, um, what value will it add to my business? What's the ROI on podcast? <laughs> so yeah. how do you answer some of these uh, objections? Well, here's a dirty secret. If you focus on building relationships, and that's the purpose of your podcast, none of that matters at all. It doesn't matter. Go into the most crowded space possible. And if you think of it as, I get an opportunity to speak to my ideal customer once a week and become friends with them. And so at the end of a year, I'm going to have 52 new friends mm -hmm. that, are my, that could be an ideal customer for me. And whether they're going to be a good fit for what I do right now, whether they're ready to buy, it doesn't matter. If I have 52 people that I'm on a first name basis with that are in the space that are influential, you know, they'll move companies and, and I mean, you can't, you can't get that through sales conversations. You can talk to 52 people in the space, but are they going to be on first name basis or are they going to be treating you like, you know, that the annoying person that comes, you know, that they kind of have to work with because they need what you do, but they don't really want to work with you. And 
that's kind of without doing something that's going to build that relationship up front, you're always going to be treated in that kind of more vendor category. Um, so yeah, if you're thinking about, I'm going to grow the largest podcast in the world and I'm going to be, you know, Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan of, you know, marketing podcasts, like good (laughs) luck with that. (laughs) If that's your goal. Yeah. The ROI is probably not there. And are you really going to have the time resources and promotion, the relationships to, you know, that are going to help elevate your podcast and all that? Probably not. But Mm. if you think of it as, you know, you and I get to sit down and have a good conversation and learn about each other and become far more likely to work together, you know, you, you can't beat that. Joseph, you've convinced me to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, let's talk a little bit about risk here because, you know, on one hand, starting a podcast, you know, building on LinkedIn, on one hand, people will say that's risky. Like you just don't know what could happen. But on the other hand, not starting a podcast, not building on LinkedIn is risky as well. So what, what do you think about um like how, how should marketers think about taking risks and, um, you know, kind of like being brave to kind of try something new? Yeah, I actually had a kind of different thought on this before you just asked that question, but something else just kind of popped in my mind with it. Mm. There's two things. One is, do you really want to be bored in your job? And, you know, if you like being bored, then you're doing everything the same way. But isn't that what the B in B2B is about? <laughs> boring to boring. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there, there's two aspects to that. One is your customer, if you're bored, your customers are going to be bored, period. So it's just bad. You know, it's it's a not taking risk is a recipe for really poor marketing that's not going to be effective. And you know, marketing is always changing. Um, the fundamentals stay the same. Your, you know, psychology, communication skills, writing, being able to present. Um, you know, all of those ideas stay the same. So if you focus on uh, copywriting and, you know, human psychology and things like that, you'll always be able to make the changes that you need to and have a leg up. So it's not that you, it's not that everything changes, but, you know, the tactics change and, you know, some of the strategic things change as time goes on because it, it has to change in order to get somebody's attention and to win them over, to win the hearts and minds of your ideal audience, you really have to change things up you know? Um, so, but then on the flip side, if not only do you want your content to not be boring, but why not have fun in your job? (laughs) And until I really started taking much bigger risks in marketing over the last couple of years, I really was way too serious about work, you know, and just Mm. like, Oh, this has got to be this like serious thing. And I need to like educate people and give them something like so meaningful when they read some of my content, they leave, like they just got a college education on whatever I'm writing about. And it's like, okay, there's a, there is a place for that to a degree, but why not have way more fun myself and then make it more fun for the people that are engaging with the content I'm creating. Yeah, definitely. I, I have this uh, phrase that I've learned recently that, uh, you know, self-motivation is basically uh, impossible. Like we can't self-motivate, but we can have fun. And I think fun is the root of all, uh, you know, productivity and, you know, if you're having fun, you're going to keep doing it. It's not going to be boring. Uh, you'll be self-motivated. You know, you keep doing, uh, go through the, you know, the hard work of chimney sweeping and, you know, changing signs and, uh, you know, all the manual labor that's involved in something that's fun. Right. Yeah. And now, so taking risks, what, what, 
what else can you recommend for us marketers here? You know, like um, you come from a very um, non-traditional uh, marketing background and you figured a lot of things out uh, in your own career. You know, what sort of um, risk do you think that we are not taking as much? Yeah, I mean, in the B2B space, the, the nice thing is the bar is extremely low. I mean, so low. If you're in the consumer goods space, that is... That's way harder to be honest, because you know our what we do is more complex. So you have to understand much more of the strategy behind growing a business and have you know business acumen to help yeah. other, your customers grow their business. So, um, but for the most part, you could do something that's ten years old in most industries in the consumer consumer goods world, and it's going to be successful mm. in in the B two B world. So you know that's a huge advantage that we have. Um, is you don't have to be as innovative as you think. I mean, how long have there been been podcasts out there forever? But yeah. in the B two B space, it's becoming much more popular, and um, you know, and and that side of things. But I would say the other piece of it is if you build a personal brand, and I I know that word kind of gets thrown around a lot, mm. and but if you build a personal brand, that's your opportunity to really take risks that you can't necessarily take in your company. You know, and even with the company you work for. Um, if you're working for somebody else, I would still encourage you to push the boundaries and try to take risks, you know, try to write more casual language in an email or, you know, social posts and, you know, be pushing for that interview subject matter experts from within your company, where it's not this major production thing, you know, just a conversation with them. Uh, and you're going to see a lot more benefit from, from doing that. So try to take those risks. But if you work somewhere where they're not as comfortable with that, if you start a personal brand, you can take a lot more risks because it's, it's your own personal reputation that you're staking more than the companies. Um, so then you could do something like start a personal podcast and test it out. And then for me, as I'm testing out my own podcast and I'm building relationships, it naturally led to me getting relationships with the ideal customer for my company. I mean, I had people reaching out to me, asking to be on the podcast mm. that were the perfect fit for the company I was working for. And I, I wasn't even, I did try to reach out to some people for it. And that was really, really successful. So, you know, mm. from like a, an actual growing pipeline standpoint, it works really well, but even without trying, I had people from a very niche industry reaching out to me, wanting to come on the show and that leading to demos for my company. So I was able to then say to my company, like, Hey, we should start a company podcast. <laughs> like I have people reaching out to get, uh, to get demos that we could never reach. Like these were people that like the VP of strategic solutions at a fortune 100 company that we were trying to get into. Like that's not an easy conversation to get into, but he was my friend and he was, you know, interested in what we're doing after the, after the show. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I think I might've lost our, our <laughs> nah, that's there, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you're echoing everything else that I've heard. And, uh, you know, from uh, some of the previous guests on the show, Mason and uh, Florian and, uh, I think that's the, the smartest thing you can do for your career right now is really to build a personal brand and take some risk with that, you know, launch a podcast, do a newsletter, start a website, start writing on LinkedIn, uh, start connecting with people. So we're going to wrap up here, but is there one more thing that you'd like to say about um, basically, is there any career advice or uh, one last thing you'd like to say uh, to the audience? Yeah, I mean, if you want to grow in your marketing career, get on LinkedIn and start a podcast, period. I mean, <laughs> I started my podcast and basically within five months, I jumped five years 
in my career. Mm. And there's no way, no matter what I did, no matter how much value I brought to my, the role I was in, I would not have had that level of growth. And I actually had valuable, like I, I started doing what my new company does on accident by doing the podcast in LinkedIn. And, um, it, it's really valuable when you gain that experience. So just, um, just take the risk and, and step out there and start doing it. I mean, I, I've written 541 posts on LinkedIn <laughs> so far, and I've had a few that have done pretty well. Um, but most of them haven't, but I've gained a ton of writing experience and background, you know, and the same with the podcast is my show, the best show on the planet. Probably not. Although, you know, you can give it a listen and <laughs> let me know what you think, <laughs> but I've gained, you know, I've interviewed 30 people and have relationships with 30 people. And I got yeah. my new job from interviewing my boss and, and, um, then that leading to him asking me to interview for this role. So, um, if you just take the risk and you step out there and do it. And then right now I'm messing around with some different things that are even more, a little more outside of my comfort zone. I've been doing these illustrations on LinkedIn. And to me, I feel like I'm not that great of an illustrator. I'm not that great of an artist. It's not anything really amazing, but it's by far the best content that I've ever created as far as how the traction that it's getting and, and what's happening. Yes. And, you know, it was, ner it was nerve wracking for me to put some of that stuff out there. Cause I'm kind of yeah. like, there's really good graphic designers. There's really good <laughs> illustrators out there who are way better than me, but I took a risk putting it out there and, and it's connecting with people. And that's the only way you're going to figure out what works is by taking those, those risks and, and just doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure we've got a lot to talk about, uh, hopefully in a future episode and, you know, I'd like to dig in a bit more. You mentioned um, how we can, how you've jumped, you know, five years ahead in your career uh, just by launching the podcast and being active on LinkedIn. So, but yeah, Joseph, I really enjoyed our chat today. And uh, I, I, I really feel that, you know, I can identify with you so much because you've got a growth mindset. You know, you're willing to learn, willing to grow, and you're pushing yourself all the time, trying new things. Like that's excellent. And um, I really look up to you in that way. And thank you so much for being on this show. Oh man, my pleasure. I, it's so fun to actually meet you in person because we've been interacting on LinkedIn. So thank you so yeah. much for having me on. That's it for today's episode. I'm Samuel Cheong and I hope you join me next time for The Marketer's Guide.